candid conversations make for the best conversations. On this special Photo Friday episode, I chatted up with uh, my good friend Vivaldi Bussico, notable photographer, portrait photographer, and a guy who always makes me angry on how good he is, but it's some positive reinforcement for me to get off my ass and actually create better work. It's not jealousy or competition whatsoever, which is a particular subject we actually get into this episode. So let's do this. Episode 6, Awaken the Awesome. Here we go. I want to throw this one your way. The thing is, I was reading, as I usually do, on a photography um, forum, as often Mm -hmm. happens. And I'm realizing, you know, we've been there. Okay. Well, I didn't used to do that, but it's still something that's ongoing. And I get this from the novice standpoint versus, you know, the seasoned standpoint where you post a photo and you launch your picture, you launch, you post a photo on whatever forum, Facebook, Twitter, Google plus whatsoever. And you're asking for critique to these hundreds of upon thousands of strangers. Like, okay, what do you people think? Tell me how this is bad. Please give me your opinion. Please, like, you know, skewer me and, you know, give me your opinion of my work. Now, I'm just throwing it out into the universe. Why do you care what other people think? Because it always comes back, not just on a societal standpoint, but also on an artistic standpoint. I know there are rules. I know there are, you know, standards, mm-hmm. if you will, you know, especially in photography. But at the same time, I believe that the most authentic you can be in your art and how you create and push yourself forward is to stay true to yourself, despite what everybody else thinks. Now, are you posting that photo for likes? Are you truly posting that photo for critique? In that sense, I would believe you would submit your photo or creation, whatever, to someone whose opinion you uphold a.k.a. a mentor or a peer whose work is has been proven. But the entire aspect of putting it out onto a forum and say, like, hello, strangers, tell me what you think, please. I don't know. It's just it, it's a it's kind of a soapbox mentality. It's like, please look at me. Look at me. Am I being condescending by saying that or am I just like totally off the grid here? How do you th- how do you go about that? Uh, wow. Well, um there's a few things in there because I feel like I've been in all of those stages. Uh, sometimes you share a picture because the likes do feel good. Like even if it's not necessarily a good thing to do or to think, but sometimes you do feel good when the likes start coming in. For sure. It's undeniable. You know, it's, a, it's a dopamine pump. But for the, forums, pump. for the forum itself, I think... When you put so much effort into it, like you kind of look for some validation of what that what you're doing makes is is meaningful. Like, yeah, you want other people to look at what you're doing and and see, okay, am I crazy or am I getting good or not? I, I think it depends on the on the people, the person. Okay. Um. Yeah, me when I did it for a while, like it, I it didn't last that long. But I think I did it more for, uh, yeah, like, is this, I think this is getting good. Like, am I crazy or, mm-hmm. like, let me see what other people think about it. People, other, other people who are interested in photography. Okay. But I I can't say that's the, that's the why everyone does it. Like, that's why I did it. But, uh, and then at some point you do realize that you don't need them to just do it. Once you... <laughs> 
I don't know, maybe because you do get the validation, okay, I'm on to something, or yeah, at some point you don't care anymore. Because at some point you learn really quick, and this is through whatever type of, you know, relationship you have, whether in business or, you know, in relationships or even artistic, at some point you do reach that, and I don't believe it has anything to do with ego. I also believe it has something to do with self-acceptance in terms of, okay, this is work that I, is this the most authentic work I am producing? And if that is the case, am I happy with the work? Am I happy with the work I'm producing? No matter, could I, I think, I think Kevin Smith put it really well when he was talking about how his podcast, the Smartcast started out and what it's doing right now. He could say like, yeah, I'm happy that, you know, I'm making money off this and people are getting inspired and I get to do this. And I can't believe like, you know, I'm getting sponsors, putting me tons of money just to be, you know, just sponsoring this thing that I could be doing in my sleep at two o'clock in the morning with, you know, two or three listeners and I'd still be happy, you know? And like that self-acceptance, that, that joy you would get from creating your own work and that you're happy with, if you got no likes, would you still be happy with it? It's the same, you know, the same scenario, the comedian who's actually, you know, in some podunk bar, you know, down in, you know, navel of nowhere in the middle of nowhere and still producing for like, you know, performing for two people, you know, or being Kevin Hart, you know, for like performing for 50,000 people. Are you just as happy as you would? Sure. As, and we're not going to deny it. The likes are good. It's nice to know that your work is appreciated and it's making people react. But at the same time, I highly encourage people in my own opinion, to not fall into the trap of saying that you need the likes to actually move forward. The only person that's going to push you forward is yourself. And you need to reach that point of self-acceptance where you need to understand like, okay, what don't I like about my work? What yeah, don't? How, mm-hmm. It's also that when you show it to different people, you start to realize that, okay, this person likes this, this person likes this. So this mm-hmm. is what it's going to say. You realize it doesn't matter what they say because it's about, about it's, all about what they like. Sure. So if you start changing your photography to to please people, well, I like a certain kind of photography. So if For you sure. show me a picture, I'm going to judge it based on what I like <laughs> or the pictures I like. So if For you sure. just put it on the internet and you ask people, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Maybe they can be objective about the technique. Like, this is not focused. The composition could... I don't know, they could make a, there's ways to make good critiques, but at the end of the day, it's all about what you want to do in photography, what, what looks good to you, because otherwise you're always going to start, every time you're going to hear a nice comment, you're going to try to reproduce that kind of pictures. And then you're not going to do the photography that you want to do or that you need to do. And you're not going to be happy because you're always going to be chasing something. That's unobtainable. <laughs> having other people to love your photography, having everyone loving your photography, which is never going to happen. So do you something that you want to do, and it's going to look like. And it's it's all that it's all in the same it's all in the same quest for originality, right? We always want to be you know set ourselves apart from what's been done before us, but at the same time. But we you know, don't all, all want to do that. Okay. Some people just want to, well, yeah, some people really want to fit into a, a group or into a mold. And like, I'm not even being like condescending about it. Like some people just want to fit in. 
They just want to make sure they're part of the group. They just want to be part of the tribe. So that's why, like, a bunch of people are going to have, if you go look at their Instagram, Instagram account, it's all a bunch of accounts that look like look at each other, like the whole uh, getting featured on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But to be feature, featured on the page, you have to produce pictures that fit on what this page shows. Like, wow. they have... It's like a magazine, like they like a certain kind of picture. So if you want to be on that magazine or that Instagram page, mm-hmm. you're going to produce pictures that, but if now, if you look on Instagram, all those mm-hmm. featuring pages all look the same. Okay. Well, to me, like a lot of them look the same way. A lot, a lot. So basically they're telling you, this is the kind of picture you need to do in order. And so people enjoy doing it. Like some people create amazing pictures that will go on those, either on those pages, on those magazines, or whatever. And for, so now the question is, is that the, the photography that they wanted to do in the first place, and they just, you know, coincidentally, oh, this would be perfect on that page, or do some people actually produce work in order to be featured? And I'm sure there's both. Now, that we, could be the the difference between a commercial art, uh, photographer and a and an artist. Like, but it is a skill to be able to provide exactly what the other person wants. But for myself, I prefer having my own personal style and doing what I what I want. It's the delicate balance, isn't it? Like you know, the ongoing seesaw of originality versus popularity. Yeah. Because if, for example, like you get contracts and you want to work in, and you have to be able to produce also, you have to be able to find your own style maybe, but you need to first please your your client. Okay. So you need to understand where that balance is for for yourself. Okay. Like, can you keep, now because I I want, when I don't enjoy doing photography, like I have a tendency you can see the result like going down. Like if I don't enjoy what I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. So I need to shoot my own style, but at the same time I have to be conscious is that are they going to like this? Are, gonna, are they going to call me again? So you need to find that, that balance. And I think like I've taken enough pictures to have my own style. Like, okay. So I don't need to think about having my own style anymore. Like, I think now, like, if I look at the picture I took, like, people know, a lot of people around me, like, recognize my pictures. That's a fact. And, that, and it's a great thing, actually. That's a better feeling than whatever comment on a critic website. When people recognize your work and say, okay, no, that's a Viva, no, Viva Di Shot. Yeah, that. Viva somebody, Di Shot. When Viva Di Shot, that, it's obvious. It's obvious. When you, when you can see it. Yeah. But do you do you um, how does uh, how does Instagram work for you on your feed? Like you know, do you do you get suggestions that like okay, oh okay, I know, I'm a good thing I found that was like nice suggestion. Where what the hell is this doing in my feed? Type of thing. Because uh, <laughs> for me it's fifty fifty. Yeah. Because for me it's fifty fifty. I really do because I look because I I really enjoy portraiture, so mm-hmm. I really seek out a lot of good a lot of portrait artists. 
Um, I read there's one there's this one feed I really enjoy uh, Earth portraits, and I enjoy the fact when they redirect you to the original photographer, so that really opens up my my palette to a lot bunch yeah. of people I wouldn't otherwise know. And it's like it's nice to connect with those people, you know. That's always a lot. That's always a lot of fun. But at the same time, sometimes because you like, if you will, one photo, you end up with a bunch of okay, it's like unrelated, absolutely not. And you get just bombarded by, by some of them. It's like, okay, it's like, can we, can we filter this now? I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need, I'm not interested in this at all. But I have to say, you know, as a repository of great photography, Instagram is definitely the place that I'm obviously a lot of photographers have gravitated to, you know, as opposed to the actual bona fide website. But a lot of people, you know, just, you know, just putting everything, banking everything into Instagram. I see that now. I don't know if it's everything, but most of the P, the PR and the, the marketing aspect is done on Instagram because it's you can upload things every day. Now there's the stories, that's, all that stuff, make, it, it becomes a, yeah, that you need to be present there which I don't really do because I don't feel like doing it, but me neither. Me neither. Me, it's, but, it's but been, if, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. But you can see that the, yeah, the, a lot of people are putting priority on Instagram and YouTube. Like if people like can do videos, like people are just taking over YouTube. I'm trying, I'm trying really hard. Even with this channel, I'm really trying a lot to actually try it actually. Because again, you know, with the, with the first, you know, I could say facet of the podcast. I really tried to keep, you know, pushing out the videos. But the thing is, I believe, again, with this quest for authenticity, I've shifted my mindset in so many things. And sometimes I feel a lot lighter mentally and physically yeah. in this creative process. You have to focus on what you're good at. I was telling uh, totally. ben, I was telling Benji that, you know, a couple of days ago. I was telling him, like, you know what? Um, I'm going to keep it to the basics. I'm a broadcaster. Yes. I'm a creator. Yes. I'm a photographer. Yes. But I am not that good as, at videography. It is for me, it's just another facet that I have not mastered yet. Probably at some point. Yes. I know that's where everybody's gravitating to YouTube is the new TV, but you have to focus on what you're good at. And right now YouTube is not it for me. You know, I'd rather yeah. just put the audio on the YouTube channel until I can make quality videos. But I, I just realized that it's just not my thing. And I'm okay with that. I can live with that totally. Yeah, that's why I deleted my Twitter account because that was just not what I was able to do. But yeah, you have to be comfortable with what you're, you're producing and how you interact with the, the public, whatever, whatever that means. But because every, every one of those platforms have their own code and their own like yeah their own language. Yeah, yeah their own language. language and so if you don't wanna if you don't wanna be in that crowd don't force yourself to be there. That's how I see it. Like again okay. I yeah and maybe because I'm not a full time photographer, like I'm not like I'm not doing this as a career. That's like, there's that too, isn't it? There is that like, too. There's a mindset that we don't have, you know. For us, it's not that primordial for us to actually be on every single communication or medium to actually yeah. try and reach that crowd. You know, we have that leisure to actually take a step back and say, "Okay, what works for me? Huh, doesn't work here. Probably work here." You know. But I have to admit, like, although Instagram is 
that's the point I was I wanted to get into. But Instagram, yeah, people put pictures every day. They do a lot of effort in it. But when you have, and I got some photo shoots from it. But I, I've did my, as you know, like I've, I've, I've launched my website not too long ago. And it's not like a, most people see the website and, but the reaction from the website is a, is a lot different from Instagram. Okay. When people see your profile on Instagram, they see the pictures, they like the pictures. They're like, yeah, that's cool. Like it would be nice to do a shoot soon or something. Okay. You see the website now, like, and I really work to make the website look good. Like it looks professional and it doesn't look something amateurish or something. We're going to get to that, by the way. Cause I'm like, as yeah. you're talking, I'm just letting it, I'm just letting it, you know, just the gallery, just, just the slideshow. Just yeah. through. Like we're definitely, no, I'm watching it right now. Okay. We're definitely going to talk about it in a second. Definitely. But finish your point. Go ahead. Yeah. But the, so the reaction of people now, now they feel like you get into another level of serious. I don't know. Now it's just like, I don't know, they would do a photo shoot, but maybe for free or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now, like, yeah, people people write to me, like, I need a headshot. Like, how much do you... It's it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to to uh, to start a business relationship with a website than with an Instagram page or a Facebook page. For sure. For sure. So that... And I feel like it... it <laughs> to go back to what we were saying, like, yeah, it has to be yourself. Like having that reaction is a lot better for me than having the likes in Instagram because having the likes in Instagram is, wasn't, I don't know. Like I had to turn off the notification from Instagram because I remember just posting a picture and look at my phone every 30 seconds to see how many likes I got. <laughs> like, okay five new ones, 10 new ones. And I was just keep looking, looking, looking. It's a dumb And I was obsessed. I read that actual, I read an actual research about that saying that the phone you carry in your pocket is an actual dopamine pump. I'll send you the link, but it's, it's really interesting. How was it supposed? How for you, you think that for, you think you're looking at it for no reason? No, but the phone is designed to attract your attention because the marketers know that it's always in your pocket. So they have to find very creative, you know, very quick and effective ways to get your attention back to that screen, which is why I lost my phone a couple of weeks ago. Well, basically a couple of months ago. And when I replaced it and I made the conscious decision to turn off notifications right now, the only notifications I will get are I pre-program my wife, obviously if she needs me and if somebody needs me, they'll call me. But if anything I'm consulting on the phone is willingly, I will, you know, check, you know, updates on WhatsApp, check my emails, but aside from that, that is so freeing. Wow. It is. Like, it I is. removed Facebook from my phone, the Facebook uh, app. I kept a messenger. And, but uh, I re- but just just removing Facebook, as some days I'm thinking about putting it back. But and I have all, I pick up a bunch of habits. Like, when I get back home, mm-hmm. I remove the phone from my pocket and I put it, whatever room I'm in, it's in another room. Like I'm almost never in the same. Well, now it's right there, but that's a big deal. That's good. That's or good. I put the screen down or whatever. Like I you don't want to wanna be. You need to go back to the basics. Don't... You can't yeah. be distracted all the time. You need to go back to the basics. That's important. That's really important. And somebody, 
we have other things to do, like, and being always distracted by that phone, just keep, you can't focus on anything anymore. You do have other things to do. And when People you are freaking out because you spend 30, it takes you 30 minutes to, uh, to answer by now. People just know, like, if you write to me, I will get, I will get back to you, but it might take a few hours. It might take a few I, hours and life will, get back to you. will go on. Life goes on, man. Life exactly. goes on. Somebody asked me a really weird question a couple of, um, uh, some time ago, and I'm not sure how you feel about that one, but this is a, this is a, this is a nice one about, you know, how we manage our time and how we manage, you know, our overall, uh, creative creativity here. But, I know it's totally random, but I think we talked about this a couple of while ago. Um, are you, because when I talked about, because um, I was at my daughter's uh, ballet class and, you know, just, you know, just crossing a few people. And I was like, where, don't, don't you do photography? He's like, yes, I do. But uh, we haven't seen you do uh, a lot of gigs recently. I don't know. I mostly, you know, because, you know, through the entire 2016, 2017 period, I've just basically been in the background. And so mostly just referring and referring and referring. Yeah. It's like, you refer people? It's like, but isn't that? competition but you know like trying to you know just suggest as a rivalry like you know either between yeah, yeah. You and i or you me and Dimitri or coralie or olivier richard or you know a bunch of people i'm like no we we're friends but at the same time we're peers you know i don't consider us rivals or opponents but, you know, we're peers and, you know, we evolve in a mutual industry and we create art that is, you know, mutual to us. And, you know, we build off each other and we, we have, I believe, a very strong relationship in both creatively and personally. You know, the, the insights that we share keep us, you know, mentally, like, you know, active, you know, the WhatsApp group that we share. That's, yeah. that's a lot. So I had to explain to this person that, no, they're not rivals. And it makes me perfectly happy to refer these clients the people that i know and trust and will provide good work even though it's not my own but am i pushing the envelope here or is like does that am i totally no, like totally like uh, some of my best gig have come from other photographer friends like either coralie or dimitri sent me a last gig i did was a referral by dimitri i don't understand and why the suggestion would be that you know it would be a rivalry or something you know it's just like it's I, and also, like, if you build a business or, yeah, it's, it's all about trust. And if you're able to refer other people that can deliver, those people will also trust you. Like, they trust you when you do a good job, when they hire you, but they also trust you when you say, I can't do it for this whatever reason, but I have a friend that can do it. And if the friend also delivers, like the only reason why we refer each other is because we know that the other person can do also do the job. For sure. So yeah, it's if you're not if you're not able to do a, a contract, there's no reason why not having for not giving to your friend. Like it's it's good for your business, it's good for your friendship or whatever, like well, for I'm sure. very grateful when friends of mine tell me, like, yeah, I cannot do this job. Can you do it? Like, I'm going to see you know, here's this client. Here's what they need. You know, this is the event. This is what's going on. This is what was talked about. This is what was discussed. And, you know, you can take it. But they're like, you know, here's the ball. Like, not a problem. Run with it. You know, it's like. And I also, have... like, usually when another friend refers to that, it's because it's a serious contract also. 
Mm -hmm. It's you won't do it if you if the client is real annoying and shady and doesn't want to pay. Like you're not gonna tell them like, yeah, call my friend. So it's also good in that sense. Like if you if you send your client, I also know it's gonna be yeah. I won't have the hassle. Like if Olivier send that client to me, like it's because they're cool for sure. You know, so it's, that, there already is that trust, that vetted process of like, okay, this is actually worth my time. Exactly. So it because that's another problem. Like, well, it's a problem. It's a, one of the hard aspects of of this business is yeah, filtering the clients. Like for all the calls you get, inquiries about how much do you charge for. The, the amount actually turns into real contracts at the end. Mm-hmm. Like you spend a lot of time on on potential clients that will never just a vetting, just a yeah. vetting because people don't think at you know I, again it's 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 misinformation on their part that us the who are providing the service would actually go through the hassle of vetting the client themselves because again it's not just your money but it's also my time and this is not ego. But this is really, is this worth my time? Seriously, because if you're not, if you expect me to take you seriously, you also need to take me seriously. And there's nothing. And also you, go yeah, ahead. Come finish. No, I was just like, because just talking about that now, I remember the first time that I understood that I genuinely have, yes, you do have the right to turn down a client. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I was one of my, one, no, probably earlier, one of my earlier wedding gigs. And this is why I decided, you know, really to take my, client base very seriously because if you if you give them an inch they'll they'll take a mile and with this client unfortunately i did not take the contract and my my reasons were very clear um it wasn't a money thing but listen i gave you a payment schedule right you need to make the initial deposit by this time okay and then you have a set you know i gave them a certain ratio of time just like okay let's talk this over but you know when you get into like yeah but and like, okay, this is this is not happening, right? Yeah, now. sometimes we know now. Like, <laughs> you hear certain answers or questions, you know. Like, I'm I'm very lenient, and you know, I'm the nicest person ever. But when it gets to business, it really needs to be very firm and clear that you know there are some certain things I'm willing to be you know a little bit flexible on. But when I see that you're not taking the process seriously, you know what? Let's just cut it here. You know, oh, you have expectations that are totally impossible and unrealistic to me. No, no, this is not, this is not happening right now. This is not happening. And I was very courteous. I called them up like, listen, um, this is, this was our understanding and you're not meeting your end. And this is obvious that you're not willing to meet your end. And before this gets ugly at some point for both you and I, I'd rather keep a very courteous relationship into this process and bow out. And and that's me. I think one of the biggest thing that make my, photography business go take a, I think the biggest jump took came when I I was in a position where I was able to say no like when I got to you want to reach that point when I got to the point where I was able to say no it's like yeah that's when I got my best customers and my best contracts and my best experiences because your name gets around yeah, because when you, you shoot with shitty people, they know other shitty people. And when you know great people, like, yeah, working with the, the SM, which is a Koali contact, like, mm-hmm. I got a contract with, with the OSM. 
and then the OSM did something with uh, Sound Canadian Architecture, the CCA. Mm-hmm. I saw that one. Mm-hmm. And then so, so they were looking for a photographer, and someone at the OSM said, "Yeah, yeah, sometimes we work with that photographer. If you have them, they call me." And this was my biggest contract last year. It was two day of two day contract, and it oh, was my, big, it was my, my biggest good. contract. Uh, that's got to be a really big deal. So that was because I, I was able to say no to other other shitty people that I used to say yes all the time. Like there you go. How much do you charge for this? I don't know. You say three hundred dollars. Can you do it for one six seventy? And you're like, shit, if I say no, like, I kind of need that money because I need to buy that thing. And mm-hmm. Now it's like I have my equipment. Like, well, you always want to buy more. but I You always want to buy more. But I have my equipment. I have my stuff. Like, I'd... And I have enough customers where if, if, if I can see that trouble is going to be coming, I just say no. I cannot do it. I will not do it in those conditions. But do you admit like, that it's only experience? You have to go through that hurdle of dealing with shitty clients to understand that you know. Okay, you need to actually set your standards really early into your photography career to understand that yes, you do have choice. There's nothing wrong with doing a two hundred fifty dollar wedding or five hundred dollar wedding, but if you want to be that twenty thousand, forty thousand, five hundred thousand dollar wedding photographer, you have to make some adjustments into how you go about you know catering to your clientele and catering to your business. You have to know where you want to set your bar and you have to be willing to make sacrifices and set standards way early, but you have to go through the hurdles and the mud to actually understand that reality. Totally. Like, yeah, some people understand it quicker than others, but yeah, you do need, well, I think most people go through it. I don't know if you need to go through it, but most people go through it. Most people go through it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it it reminds you why you don't want to make those mistakes again and say yes to all those people. No, no, exactly, and, exactly. Yeah, I, I, like I keep negotiating for like I know you negotiate price all the time. I negotiate a bunch of things all the time, like how fast I give pictures. Mm-hmm. It's always in the negotiation and how, re- like as long as I'm comfortable doing it, like I won't do things that I don't want to do anymore. I, sure. I get Sometimes you. you meet with people, you're in the meeting and they're like, this is going to be trouble. Like, you know, you know, this it. person is going to come up with something at some point. You see it coming. You see it coming, but you still down the road this. and you know, this is going to be really, really cumbersome. And because if it's not like a, I don't know, a caterer, like you have to provide food for an event. Mm-hmm. As long as you come with the food at that time and it's, the food is good. It's over. But the photography, you, you take the pictures, you send the pictures. It's still not over. Like how many times is like, do you have more pictures? Um, do you, can we, can we put them in that website? Can we put them, can we publish it? Can we do this? And like, that's not what we negotiated. If you want to publish it, that's another fee. That's and another fee. If you want to do like, it's like, no, I don't have other pictures. Or maybe I do, but I don't think they're good enough, and I don't want those pictures to be out. Like, but it's not enough. Like, what's enough pictures for an event? It was a two hours event. I sent you two hundred pictures. Do, do you have more? Do you have more? It's like, why do you want more? What? Why do you want more? It's like, so why? So all those things are when people start focusing on 
the the amount of pictures and not the quality of pictures or for example if you cover an event like if you get if you feel like you look through the pictures and the event is covered like mm-hmm. you know how the event went who was there why is it about the number of pictures so because a lot of people think that you know for the amount of money I'm paying I expect you know like x amount of dollars should equal to you know there's a ratio of you know dollars per for photos I think I guess that's the mentality behind it but often those clients like if you cannot explain it to them like they become the clients that become impossible to deal with and always have you can't shake them off you can't shake them off basically like you're working like you think you're done working like you okay I've took the pictures I've edited the pictures I've sent the pictures and and it never ends No, it never ends. It never ends so, because there's always this additional thing. Can you, hey, you know, is it, hey, I'm your client from like three years ago. I just saw that this this dress of this person who I don't speak to anymore uh, sort of was like in the shot. You think you can take it out? True story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's impossible. But yeah, so when basically when you're able to say no to the people, like you're not just, you know that you're not going to be able to work well with. Yeah, you, you you can focus on people on people that you like, on a contract that you like, and usually it's also mean that your pictures. In my case, it means that your pictures get better because you enjoy what you're doing more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And although you want to be professional on every shoot and shoot the, with the same, you want to be consistent in all your contracts. When you enjoy yourself, your pictures look better. So. I can definitely see. I can definitely attest to that because it always goes back to that word that I love, and I've been really bringing this back really with a with 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 a steamroller because the word authenticity—that's all it is. When you're happy with the work that you are producing, when you're happy with your work, you know, when you the passion shows to the work that you are producing, and you transmit that passion into whatever you're doing in your photography. In this case, it shows, and you know. Passion begets passion. Authenticity begets authenticity. You will weed out the toxicity of the clientele that you don't want, the clients that you don't want, the job that you don't want, and you will bring back to stuff that you love doing. And this is very important. Keep that fire alive. Remember why you used to shoot for when we were shooting for no money, and you know I, ha- you know you and I both went through that. You know we started the same place. Basically, you know this is something that we enjoy doing. Day in and day out, we keep reading, keep learning from the masters, and you know, just understand what it is that we want, what it is we don't want. I discovered band photography, I discovered wedding photography. I understand that I don't do automotive photography, I don't do landscape. <laughs> no, I know what I do, I know what I don't do, definitely. And you have to love your work, love your work, and love the work that you do, and understand that. Listen, it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to you know just take a breather right now and take understand like okay, where am I taking this work again? Because it's a work in progress, but understand that you know you have your own standards, and you need to be happy and do you. And we're, we're being very philosophical today. <laughs> totally unrelated segue. The website. Yes. The website. So I'm looking at it right now. So again, it's like okay. So it's not new, but let's just say fairly new, fairly recent. Yeah, a few months. Congratulations on launching it. Thank it you. is definitely something that you know you were teasing for some time, but the result is definitely worth the wait. Vivaldibusico.com. We'll link it to the show notes. Tell me the story behind that. How long was it working? Did you do it yourself? Did you outsource with the program? Like how? 
give me, give me, give me the back, the backstory. Like, you know, feel, feel me understand this because what I'm looking at here is really intense. We've got a really passionate, really dynamic, you know, homepage, you know, full spread on my beautiful iMac here. We've got a welcome page. We've got the basic links, you know, the usual suspects of the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the mailing list and Tumblr and Pinterest. Click the welcome stage, Folly and the Hunter. And we've got different galleries and really nice galleries of portraiture. Here's one by none other than Alice, who's always present, you know, like right there. Definitely can't miss Alice. And then, you know, we've got events and concerts. You've got galleries, different. uh, So definitely shows a wide array of what you do. No. And yeah, you know, but the portraiture, man, the portraiture, as always, by the way, yes. I'm not forgetting, you I know that I'm somewhere into big question mark. Okay. Olivier portrait when he finally finds time to come into the studio. I'm sorry. Bad life. It will happen. <laughs> okay. I, I had the, the, the first deposit, right? <laughs> so we have to do it. So we're making it happen at some point, but I can only thank you for your patience. But, you know, long intro, but tell me about the website, man. Congrats. And uh, yeah, but what's the story behind it? How did this happen? What? How do we go from Facebook and Facebook page and Tumblr into the official Vivaldi Photography website? Uh, well... As I said, like there was something missing when people saw like went to see my work, and yeah, it's always Facebook and all those pages like they control how they show your image, and mm-hmm. they're not necessarily made to show images either. Mm-hmm. So, I think the the better the platform I had was being Tumblr, but then again, like I, I wanted to use more Tumblr to write, or I wasn't using it that much. And yeah, I just need something to look professional. So I decided to work on the website. And I feel like I had enough quality pictures to have to put on the website, which is the other, the other issue. Like other than having your website look good, you need to have its photography website. So the mm-hmm. photography needs to be good enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just did it on Squarespace. So I didn't have to hire a programmer or anything. A lot you hear a lot about Squarespace, but you know it's nice to have you know somebody you know and actually debunk it for you. Is it as you know user friendly and UI and just like WYSIWYG and all these crackers? Because you hear Squarespace over all the all the blogs. It's, they're always sponsoring yeah, yeah, somebody, sponsoring right? Everything. So yeah, so, <laughs> so that's where I saw it for your birth, for your first experience. Like, tell me about it. How how yeah, was your it was experience? Pretty easy to use. Like, you have a, I think it's a fourteen day trial when you mm-hmm. you start. Okay. So it lets you work on the. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Like, you start a page. You sh- well, you choose the. They have some presets, like preset layouts that you can try. So you just try them and see what looks better, and you can. And then you just build your website and you choose a page and it's really easy to use. Like I have really no complaint to do about it. Nice. nice. And, yeah. No, it's really and, nice, man. It's really nice because I'm just like, just the navigation. Cause you know, as geeky as I am, I always try like, you know, to push the envelope. Okay. From just from a simple, just taking a backseat as a simple everyday user for a photography website. And I'm just looking at it from a user, not from a photographer yeah. standpoint. As a user, I'm really liking the experience because, you know, just if you just go from the welcome page, the welcome page automatically, you have a beautiful spread. Um, that's, uh, that's, is that Chaya? Just the, yes. Okay. That's uh, it depends which one. Uh, 
the pink. Uh, the no, first. it's my cousin. Okay. But okay. it's still family. So, yeah, they look, but, she looks like my sister. Yeah, she does. I, I'm annoyed because, again, I hesitated. I was like, wait a second, is this Shayana? Anyway, <laughs> so, Chaz, yeah. Uh, but definitely, you know, so you, it just, you can either let the gallery, just the slideshow just play, or you can use the arrows to go left and right. If you just want to see the previous photo. So that's really good. Just go through the welcome page and it loads super fast. And then you're welcomed by, you know, the thumbnails and the gallery of portraits and it shows a very wide array of creative and headshots and, you know, what portraiture basically is, you know, even if you're looking at the one, uh, with the lady whose back you're seeing out onto basically yeah. the Montreal neighborhood, obviously. Yeah, there's a very nice setting, you know, and just yeah. like it emotes what you're trying to convey. It's like, okay, this is a very nice, was it dawn? Was it the afternoon? Let's talk about this one. Like, you know the one I'm talking about. Like, yeah, is yeah. It, is this dawn? Is this the afternoon? It is dawn. It's dawn. It's dawn on the rooftop. And it's cool. uh, it's cool. yeah, it's. We just like I would love to have a photo shoot on a rooftop, and she was like, "Yeah, I have a friend. We can go to his place." Like, cool. So yeah, we we did a photo shoot, and but doing that website made me realize mm. something like because I wanted the website to be pretty minim minimalist. Okay, and I kind of realized that my pictures also were. And when I look through the pictures, because I love black and white pictures usually, mm -hmm. but most of my pictures, if you look, are like three colors. If okay. you look at the color ones, mm -hmm. they're basically like almost monochrome. Most of them have two or three colors in them. For sure. And it's, a, it's something I have, I have, a, I did, I have not known, noticed before. Okay. That I've I never thought like I need to have two tones of color in my, in my pictures. It's just, I see, I see something. And, and when I look at all of them, it's like, then all of them have, it's like they're monochrome, but in color. But it's true. It's true. There's like for example, the one on the rooftop, mm -hmm. it's purple and beige, orange, something like that. There's a lot of that going on. I really enjoy the fact that when, again, if we're just looking at the portraiture part, because I'm, this is what I love about you. As far as I'm concerned, I'm really, really, I'm a really big fan of your portraiture because they're clean, they're crisp, they're, there's a lot going on. And you just, you look at the subject, it's definitely a very revealing piece in something that seemingly, forgive my, forget, forgive if I'm offensive, but it's a seemingly so simple. You know, there's not a lot going on, but at the same time, they're all very powerful images. But I have to ask, how hard is it to curate your own work just to boil it down to a couple of images? It's hard, man. <laughs> it's really hard. I know hard. it's a rhetorical question. I'm sorry. No, but because uh, the thing is, uh, as I said in one of other podcasts, I'm never really satisfied with my, with my photography. You never are. So... So you need to get out of that mind. At the same time, this is the mindset that gets you to want to improve. But when you do a website, you need to stop having that thought process and say, okay, now what's good enough to be there? Knowing that you, all of those pictures, I have problems with all of them. Of course, there's a lot that you see that others don't. 
know, that's exactly. the ongoing, that's the ongoing, you know, damnation of the, you know, the true to form creative. There's a lot of stuff that you don't like, but a lot of people will go to you and like, well, what are you talking about? This is an amazing image, an amazing image. So first, you, the first step is in your head where you need to change the way you look at your pictures. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, then you find a lot of pictures that, that fit, that individually are good enough to be there. Mm-hmm. So then you, you start putting them next to each other and you start scrolling to them. It's like, okay, that picture looks nice to this picture. I don't know. I thought about like, if you go through the gallery, mm-hmm. what does experience looks like? Like how, like what's the, how have different styles together because it's not like I have a lot of different sections. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of different people. Some of our, some pictures are black and white, some of them are color. Some are outside, some are in studio. Mm-hmm. So th- you want the website to feel as natural. You want the experience to be like, you think uh, during the whole process, you, you need to build something that you like, going back to that, what you like and what others like, dynamic. So you have to put the picture that you like, and then you have to also f- think about the user going on your website. And you have to remember that the website is a tool to get, uh, well, yeah, to get customers, obviously, you get clients. So you, you need to think about okay, what's their experience like when they look at the, at the pictures? The way I like to put it, because somebody asked me um, how, again, it was a rhetorical question, but um, I told somebody this because that's when somebody told me eventually one of my mentors. He told me that. Your website is supposed to answer one, a Sam, for some three basic questions. Who are you? What do you do? And can you do the work I need you to do? Yeah. So, who are you? Viva Dibusico. What do you do? I photograph people. I photograph events. It's already there. It's already all over the place. I'm very good at portraiture. And this is the type of photography I do. And can you do the work I need you to do? I don't know. Look around. Like, okay, if what you see is falls into the line of what you, what you might want, let's talk. Let's talk. Totally. You know, do yeah, not it saves, it saves a lot of conversations. It saves a lot of that, conversation. That is that Facebook or Instagram cannot do. Like yeah. all those you pictures can. are also in on Instagram. There you go. It's very, very simple. You know, you need to answer. And when my, my, my mentor told me that, it's like, that makes a lot of sense. He told me, like, take away any stuff that you don't see yourself doing. Again, I go back to, you know, automotive photography. I could shoot a car if I borrowed a friend's Mercedes or BMW just for fun. You know, I'd rent, you know, I'd borrow the car and shoot it in a parking lot or something. But that is not something I would do. But, well, if BMW called me up... <laughs> That's a, that's a different thing. I don't see why they would, but exactly. <laughs> I know very well that they wouldn't. But, you know, on your website, it definitely shows what you are, what your strong skills are, what type of photography you do, and the breadth of your portfolio and your skills. You know, there's obvious. it's obvious what you do, but it's also, you know, I don't need to waste my time asking myself, okay, does he do that or, does, or doesn't he? It's obvious. Okay, you show what you're good at. And this is why... It's also very important. You always show your best work. Don't waste your time. Again, Facebook, personal photos, you know, and even there, you know, if you have 
your professional photography page, that's there. Your personal page, that's another thing. You know, weekend barbecues, that's that's your thing. That's on your personal time. But on your website, it is very important that you always cater to your best work because you don't know who's watching. You don't know who's going to pay a visit. I got uh, uh, an email from a magazine a couple of weeks ago about a blog post I wrote four years ago. <laughs> It was like so, so weird, so weird. But again, you have no idea what type of, you know, an impact you're having into the universe. So always put your best foot forward. As stupid as stupid and cliche as it sounds, it is, it's a very resounding truth into how you're supposed to promote yourself. Totally. But definitely, definitely kudos, man. It's definitely a very, very well catered website. It's polished. It's clean. As you say, it's minimalistic. You know, it's everything it needs to be to and to do the job it needs to. But kudos to that. I'm not saying that just because you're my friend, but really because I really appreciate everything you've done, and I really think that you deserve the acknowledgement for that because it's not something to laugh at. It's a very well, it's a very well done website. Everything it needs to be. Thank Seriously. you. Man. I really appreciate that. Seriously, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, seriously. So I'm really trying to, again, on myself, because a lot of people are asking me, like, okay, am I redoing my website? Definitely, that's in the works, but that's my own personal goal. I don't want to reuse past work. I definitely want to create a website made of entirely new work. This is why I'm doing a lot of stuff in the background. I'm not publishing anything these past few days. I'm getting yeah. back into the getting back into the groove of just shooting for myself, something I haven't done in a long time. But definitely, I'm definitely aiming for um for a new website you know in the coming months i don't know what it's gonna look like it's basically up in my head right now you know and i'm using my wife basically as a as a guinea pig you know just okay what do you think about this what do you think about this and she's being she's being very collaborative on that part but definitely i'm gonna open up to you guys you and Dimitri and Kogali, just like you know just slowly see okay just like you know just do some testing see what we'll see what i can work with but definitely that's a plan in the long term I really want to keep being creative, but at some point, the old website is still active, but um, definitely something I really need to be updated because I haven't published a, a, uh, some new pro, some new photography in a really long time. But that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Me too. Like I've been saying, I want time. to I want to update my website since beginning of September, mm -hmm. but I've been so busy. Like I I want well, I have some pictures I want to put there, but I want to shoot more. So and you get caught up. Find, you get caught up. It's okay. So I yeah. need to find the time to well, yeah, I need to make the time to shoot those. You make the time. Yeah. There you go. Definitely find the time. Definitely find the time. But what else did I want to get into? I got so many notes, man. Give me a quick second. I had I had something here. Wait a second. What did I write down? What did I write down? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, it was about ethics. Ethics. Okay. Sure. And I totally um, how can I set this up? This is an old story. Yeah. It's an old story. Um, I remember it was a bullfighter that unfortunately, you know, met his end in the bull, in the bull ring. Okay, fine. I know it's cultural. I know bullfighting. I, we're not going to get into the politics or what you personally feel about the sport, if it can be called a sport. All right. But in this day and age of 2017, where some, when a guy gets skewered by a bull, in front of thousands of people, you know there's a cell phone there somewhere. You know there's a photographer there somewhere. As a photographer, do you publish? Or do you say, like, you know what? Respect for the family, respect for the person who lost their lives. You know what? I, myself, in my heart of hearts, cannot publish this, this, this image. 
I, I don't know where you fall on that. I know it's a really wide open question, depending yeah. on where you stand. Are you a photojournalist? Are you putting this on Facebook? Do you want to make a quick buck and send this to TMZ? What do you do? Yeah, that's the... What do I do? Well, personally, since you said putting the political the politics aside, I think the value of publishing that picture is, is exactly for the politics of it. Okay. It's, if you think that this activity should keep going on and that's a, then you shouldn't have an issue. Are you ready to accept the consequence of that sport or, or that event or that whatever you want to call it? Mm-hmm. So the death of a bull, ride, bull rider or bull whatever or a toreador is, is one of the consequences. So yeah, I would publish it because it's part of the reality of this event. But that's a more photo photojournalist, you know, photojournalistic approach to it. It is, isn't it? Because it's all about okay, how does this image contribute to the overall story of either the risks involved into continuing this ongoing tradition that is bullfighting in Spain? Because it's a really big deal in Spain. Exactly. So okay. if you want to publish it in that context, I would definitely do it. Whatever you're for or against it, it's part of it. It's part of the story. So now if you want to publish it just for the TMZ aspect of it, which I don't even think they would publish it. But yeah, that's something totally different. That's the let's look at some someone dying on the side of the road thing, which is not has no interest at all. I think the interest is in the politics of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why, yeah, so that's why I would personally publish it. Definitely. Because I know, and again, um, that's why I really wanted, um, I know Dimitri always has, you know, some insight about on the photojournalistic aspect about that. But me personally, definitely, if you're, you know, Reuters or, you know, AP or something, and you're covering that type of a story, you know, in terms of, you know, the sports uh, sports mindset, but really in, in a really social political standard, definitely I can understand how you really have to set your own personal personal vendetta, either for or against the sport, if you will. I really use that word lightly and really help convey the story of, you know, the for or against. You make up your mind. Well, here's the image. You make up your mind as to what it represents, you know, and how you choose to basically react to the story. Are you going to keep on, you know, promoting it? Or you keep on, because there are people who just grew up their entire lives just hoping that one day they will be able to face a bull in the eye and, you know, maybe meet their match and meet their end. For, because for them, it's what they're, what's called a good death, you know? And because you never know, maybe that guy's not like, okay, hmm. But that's what I mean, like, whether you're for it or against it, if you're for it, you accept that's part of of this event. It's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. So, yeah, so if you want to, if you don't want to see people dying, then don't make it a spectacle. Don't Don't make make it a spectacle. If you make a spectacle out of it, you decide that that's something that can be shown to other people. That can be shown. It's totally acceptable. So totally that's acceptable. Why. I don't know, just I don't know, just because I because again, like I said, it's an old story, but I just thought I just kept thinking about 
obviously all the people that are there and I know there have been cell phones. I'm sure there was a photographer there somewhere. And again, I just tell myself, okay, if I'm there and I'm shooting this event and this is happening in front of me and I have that photo. Okay. So if I'm the staff photographer for Reuters or AP or whatever a news agency, like, okay, you definitely have to have another type of mindset to publish that photo. And again, we're going to just going to extrapolate down to, you know, wartime photographers or anybody, you know, covering any um, conflict photography, you know, you always have to be in that mindset where you have to basically detach yourself from the morals and actually know that the story needs to get out there because, you know, you're the witness and you need to tell the truth of how it is. You know, we should definitely talk about, you know, the, the rigors of um, photojournalistic integrity at some point, because we don't have enough time right now, but it definitely needs to be something we need to talk about at some point, you know, because it's, it's, it's a really nice subject because, you know, because uh, from what I understand, because you and I both both uh, touched on that a little bit, but definitely what the the rigorous standards applied to you know photo photojournalistic integrity, it's it's something even like you know World Press Photo Contest or what's actually submitted via the AP news briefs or something, it's insane the type of stuff that you know it's like editing and oh it's we're not even gonna get to that it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a teaser. But just talking about it, it definitely would make some nice juicy commentary at some point. But we'll definitely try to touch on it if you have time. Yeah, sure. Sure, we'll we'll make a date. We'll make a date. Oh, damn. Um, aside from that, we cover, cover. Damn, we covered a lot tonight, man. Wow. I had no idea where this is, was going to go tonight, but man, I'm just following your lead. Wow, man. Crazy, crazy. But um, okay, so this this last a little bit this this last little tidbit. Um, I don't know about you, but I'll but I'll admit it personally. I don't follow gear news as much as I used to, and I don't know is because I have two young children and I can't afford photo gear as much as I used to. Okay, or because I'm totally detached. Because hey, I got my bodies, I've got my lenses. And for the type of photography I'm doing right now, I am perfectly content, all right? Because I have the manuals, you know, the very basic ones that Nikon sent me and the extrapolated ones that, you know, people like, you know, Photokina, you know, Nikonians, the Nikonian version of my, of my camera, okay? So I have not exhausted even like, you know, 20% of that manual. So I fairly think that I'm pretty good into everything that the potential that my bodies can produce for me. So I don't need, you know, the new bodies right now. And just looking at the prices upwards of like $3,500 plus, would I really drop it on a new body? I don't think so. But again, it's all about, you know, if you can't afford it, obviously, like, you know, why in the world would I want to drop so much money on a camera? But hey, Suppose if money were no object, would I be really looking for new gear? What I I don't know, I don't know. I'm just sometimes I'm just scratching my head. Like, would I really be dropping money on a new body right now? But I'm I'm fairly certain that the fact that again, it's all when you're in dad life more than yeah. photographer life. I think that's an impact as well. It's, Probably this is not this is not regret talking right now. Seriously, I'm really it in a what you do with the photography also. Seriously, it's an it's. It's it's a zen. It's a state of acceptance, you know. Certainly, but I'm like, do I really need it? Because again, I've got all the gear I need to produce quality work. 
for now. You know, right now I'm yeah. totally good. I'm totally good. I got no place I'm going. Plus, again, they're but they're working really well for me right now, and I'm doing very good work with it. Whether in software, whether in hardware, whether in lenses, I'm pretty set up. And again, it's all about feeding the knowledge. Right now, I'm all about learning. Now, about you, I'm reading a lot. I'm looking at a lot of art books. I'm relearning techniques. I'm finding new creative ways to create, you know, interesting shots, you know, indoors and outdoors, playing with light. As you know, light is the language of photography. So I'm having fun right now. I'm really exploring, but I'm not really focused on gearing those. It even took two seconds um, to just, and this is very random. I went on a Fronos photo YouTube, you know, review of the latest Nikon. And I just spent 20 minutes listening to Jared talk. I'm like, why does this matter? <laughs> it's like, at the end of the day, I'm still going to, what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this is, uh, I don't know. Sometimes like there are actually people who are taking notes and thinking like, okay, this is a very valid point. <laughs> Yeah, well, for me, the two th- there's two different aspects of it. Like following the, the geared news is for me a totally different topic than do I need other gear. Okay. For me, I just love geared news because I love to know what they're doing. But sometimes I don't follow it anymore for a certain period of time, and then I, I come back to it. Like right now, I am on it. Like I. I was excited about the Nikon H50, like the D850. Um, yeah. Like, and the only reason I got I got news from that though is because obviously Dimitri and uh, Yannick shared it on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, really? There's a new beast in town. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Re- a beast. <laughs> it is a beast. It is a beast, and I read the DP review on it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, hmm. Yeah, okay. Nikon <laughs> decided to remind people like why they are Nikon. Why they're Nikon. But um no, so yeah, the gear aspect is just I guess the geek. <laughs> the geek is still there that wants to know like what's the new toys. And also like you know like what's also possible to do, like is the just some curiosity just to know like is there something like there's something I could do that I'm not doing it right now. Like, what's what's the new gadget? What's the new feature? Um, what what could I do if I had that camera? But How you know that you're not going to spend that money. You know you're not going to spend that money. Like, I'm not going to spend that money right now. How have we evolved? Okay, basic comparison versus what I couldn't do versus what I can do right now. And how is this setting myself aside? How is this setting itself apart? You know. Yeah. No, because right now, just off the top, I'm on BH Photo right now, and just the body is uh, 3300 bucks. Yeah. Just just the body. But again, 45, 45.7 megs for full frame. No, this camera is insane. Like the, it's the insane. Photography, the, the video, like, I, I don't know what the video looks like, but the, all the autofocus and the, the sensor and the camera is... Makes you salivate, I swear. Seriously. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, wow, wow, and I'm closing my tab. <laughs> yeah, because I'm also thinking about doing videos. Like, I'm I'm starting to learn uh, video, which is a, a. I try to remember it was that hard to learn photography. I feel it was a bit easier. Yeah, but 
But uh, yeah, I'm in that process also right now. So yeah, I'm starting to look at. I, I used to not care at all about the all the video specs. Now I'm trying to like be interested in that. I'm just trying to be curious, and it's another learning curve. It's a whole other mindset. It's a whole totally. other mindset. Totally. Speaking speaking to Eric and Benji, you take a second and you hear the language, and you realize, okay, this is totally be still imaging and you know motion. Not the, same, not the same thing. Not yeah, the same. There's some similarities, but yeah, it's not the same thing at all. It's not the same thing. And again, everything is a learning curve. Eventually, I'll be curious enough or give myself the time enough to learn. And it's all about the learning process. I'm not dying tomorrow, but definitely I'll open up the palettes of curiosity long enough to actually give it the time, you know? But right now, like once in a while, like I check or I see something. Usually, it's Dimitri send me a text. Have you seen this? Did you check that new Nikon lens? Or pretty often, it's Dimitri. Like, yeah, Dimitri. Dimitri is. I don't know. For some, he's just dropping nuggets everywhere. It's like <laughs> I've seen this. I read this thing. I'm gonna just drop it. I'm just just dropping. Yeah, yeah. It here. He's. <laughs> I don't know. He's my own like personal curator of news, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So, but gear like right now, like I'm really into like different lenses. Not lens, yeah. Well, I'm interested. Like the gear I would buy is lenses. For sure. And again, that, I'm not going to be all preachy and stuff from my high horse of philosophy. philosophy. No, don't get it twisted. I enjoy gear. I enjoy gear. I enjoy yeah. the geek the geek aspect. There's no problem. I enjoy reading about articles and seeing new developments and comparing Nikons to Panasonics to Sonys. I enjoy all of it. But sometimes, you know, when you take a step back, it's like, really, I'm gear listing right now. Understand that I'm gear listing, but it's okay. <laughs> It's okay because, you know, that's what it's there for, man. We love toys. We love to play around with stuff. You love to fiddle. You love to see, like, okay, this camera that I had, which works perfectly fine, but this one is so nice and so shiny. <laughs> but right now, the other thing I want to buy is a camera just to go back to the street. and just want a little camera that I can carry around because since I made the – since I bought the, my full-frame camera, like, mm-hmm. I, don't go, I don't go out with a camera anymore. It's way too heavy. So I need, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to buy next. A little camera, like I can put my pocket somewhere. I can just, just disappear? Yeah, I just can just shoot something better than iPhone pictures. Something, I think my solution, basically like the mid-level of that solution for me, basically just stick to a fixed 50. And, you know, okay, I have a full body, but again, I'm not weighed down by a big-ass lens, you know, just carry it around just, like, randomly. I don't do it every day, but sometimes I will go out, you know, just take two seconds, like, you know, if you're either in front of the house and watch bikes go by, because, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a bike path in front of the house, you just sit there and watch people go by, you know. Oh, this is interesting, because I'm relearning, because I've been, you know, again, it's all about taking the time to just focus, not shoot, spray, and pray, you know, just, like, focus. Okay, why... What is the intent of this image that you're trying to make? Before you press down on the shutter, why are you doing this? Or not even overthinking. Just shoot. Okay, see what we come up with. See what we come up with. See what we come up with. You know, because Instagram is something. Shooting with your body is something. You know, just taking a second to shoot indoors. Shooting a studio shot is something. 
you have to relearn the language. This is where I am right now. I'm in the language of like, okay, redefining the type of photography I want to make. Get back into that innocent mindset of being naive and just explore and just like, you know, just, just enjoy it for what it is, which is art, you know? It was just told, which is why we started shooting in the first place. Exactly. But yeah, this camera with, I feel like because it's so big. And I remember Kuali saying the same thing with her when she has her D800. D800, yeah. It's so big and heavy. Like you don't want to carry it around. Like it's, it's a lot heavier than you actually think it is. It's a it's it's a big camera. I borrowed the D hundred for for just because I needed a second body just as an emergency for a wedding. So that's the first time I think it was I think Kuali just had it and I'm just like yeah. really quick for everything I can borrow it. So yeah, sure. When I brought it in the field because I just wanted to do some creative shows, I was like, okay, might as well. If I'm here, like you know, just when I had some downtime, you know, during dinner and stuff, like okay, let me just play around with it. Oh my god, it's a big camera. <laughs> <laughs> I've got big hands, but still, even for me, even for me, it's and, a lot to deal with. Yeah, I, I, and I love shooting with it. It's fun. Like it's it fits perfectly in my hand. Like and and you feel like you're you're working. I don't know. I like it, but I'm not gonna go to a to hang you out feel, with my friends and bring a camera with me. You feel important, you know. It's like, you know, look at me, like you know, I'm I'm an important photographer. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but it does help when you're an event and people look at you. They're, okay, he's a Sorry. he's the okay, photographer. he's he's the photographer. Okay, he's this is very serious. Okay, this is okay. He's the guy. You know, he's he's the guy. <laughs> he's just not like he's not one of those guys with an iPhone taking pictures. Like people will pose for you, and like it's a lot easier. But as I said, I'm not gonna go like hang out. Like my brother told me the other day, like you used to have your camera everywhere you went. Like, Guilty. Exactly. So every little hangout you had with friends, like you would have your camera. So every time you will see a picture, the camera would, would be with you. And sure, now we do have iPhones that take the same pictures. Well, that you can take pictures with, but it's mm-hmm. not the same. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, so... It's not the same thing. And you can see Dimitri still has that little camera, and you see he's taking a lot more pictures, and and it helps him a lot. And the big camera becomes is just his work camera. It's a work camera. It's a work camera, and, you know, the body stays at home, and you have a very soft, you know, very unintrusive, unobtrusive camera just to go around and just, you know, take those candids that, you know, that we're used to, you know, like, you know, Dimitri is very good at that, you know, just being, you know, in the background and you'll, and again, it's, it's part of the scenery, you know, because we're used to seeing Dimitri with it. It's just, it's just, it's just like his glasses. It's just part of him. So it's really, it's unobtrusive, but sometimes is that's which often happens with large DSLRs. You notice the body before you actually, you know, it sort of breaks the entire relationship between the photographer and the subject. Totally. So it gets in the way you know, when you have a very small body, you know, it's just, oh, okay. It's just an accessory rather than just being <gasps> a tool. And it's also the fact that you bring it with you. There you go. You can actually put it in your, well, depending on the camera, but you can put it in your coat jacket or you, you can carry it with you. It's a lot easier than to have a huge body around you. So for sure. So sure. that would be probably if if I had to buy gear soon, that would be it. 
I'm definitely looking at lenses. For me, it's all about, I, I would, you know, augment, you know, if, if I'd be in a state right now where, okay, what is it that you would need? Right now, I'd be like, you know, just, you know, just get a little bit more, two or three more lenses. I'm just playing around with that with different ideas. But, you know, just that's one thing. If I'm really looking at gear right now, not really bodies, but more lenses, like, you know, better. It's not just about more megapixels, but the quality of megapixels, the type of images that, you know, the light coming into my sensor and how I'm processing it. So yeah, lenses change everything. Like, lenses definitely what I'm at where I'm at right now. 1.8 uh, from Canon. It's it's good indoors, mm -hmm. but outdoors that lens just will I don't know man becomes fog. Not what's the word I'm looking for? Haze. There's a lot of haze. as soon as you have some some light from the sun getting in through that lens, it's your picture's gonna be full with haze. So you. And it's known for it to do that. So I would probably need a better 50 or just not shoot, not shoot at 50. I don't know, but a bunch of things like that. But it's always to fix little issues. Like I think I got to a point where I have all, I can do more like 95% what I want with the lenses I have. Mm -hmm. So then like I need, yeah. For example, the 50 would be nice to have a better 50. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to have a faster uh, wide angle for events, for example. Like that helps. My, I have a 24, 105 F4. It would be nice to have, like, I don't know, a 28 F2. Nice. Or a 2.8 at oh, least. Open up that sucker. Yeah, <laughs> because most events are in the dark. <laughs> and you need to get close to people, so you need some light. Well, Imagine that. A, but yeah, sometimes you have, well, most of the time I do have a flash, but for example, last time I had, there was a dinner, mm -hmm. and they said like no flash during the dinner. Yay. So, and you can imagine the light they have during the dinner. Oh, you have as much light as you need, of course. It's perfectly crisp and clear, no grain whatsoever. But they said like they didn't mind the grain, but they just they didn't want flashing because they, there were a lot of older people there also. Mm -hmm. and they just didn't want to, and yeah, they just didn't want to flash during in their eyes during the dinner. Like they didn't want you, they didn't want the guests to notice that the photographer was there. They didn't Basically. want to upset the upset the entire atmosphere with a flash. Exactly, it totally makes sense as a professional. Totally. Which, as a professional, you're supposed to abide by, you know, the request of your client. And I don't believe that no flash is an unreasonable request. It just becomes another technical challenge. Exactly. So in that in that specific moment, I was like, yeah, maybe I would need a faster lens right now. I still did it with with my lens. I cranked, cranked up the ISO. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's now like when I look at lenses, it's perfect something i don't have i don't well I, i'm covered from 24 to 200 millimeters mm -hmm. i have like so i have i think i have four or five lenses now so like it's really like to get that five percent more the closer i can get to the like i said like 95 percent what i want to do like i have the lenses do it like it's that five percent that i need well not that i need but if i buy lens 
but to finish those five percent, the lenses start to get a lot more expensive. There you go. I think a little office, bit more quality just goes up a little bit more. Five, six, seven hundred dollars more. Yay! Oh, it's <laughs> more than that. I got to a point where lenses I need now are like a thousand, yeah, thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars. I'm being very conservative. I'm being very conservative. Yeah, I, yeah. When you move to full frame, like lenses price go up. Yeah, skyrocket, skyrocket. But hey, this is the art. This is the trade we decided to actually venture into. So you know, like we said, it's part of the deal. <laughs> yeah, I assume like right now, like I'm not in the rush to buy them. Like I'm not gonna. No. But it's okay to lust. It's okay to lust until you know we make that Oprah money. <laughs> I don't even, well, I'm not gonna wait for Oprah money. I'm just gonna <laughs> wait for a few good contracts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. like, yeah, you lend a few contracts and you yeah, yeah, sure. buy one of those if you want. We'll get there. We'll get there. As always, keep doing the quality work that you're doing. As far as you're concerned, I'm not worried at all, man. No, it's cool. just like again, always tipping my hat to you, man. You know, just Thanks. keep doing that great work that you're doing, and I'm not even worried. Not I'm, even. I'm trying. Not by a long it. shot. Not I'm by a long trying. shot. We're definitely going to wrap this up. I can't thank you much for your time. As I, as always, I like to close it up, you know, like, you know, with always launching some positivity into the universe, you know, with a tip, a thought, a recommendation. Yeah. The floor is yours. Where, where do you give, where do you let everybody off tonight? What? I will, I, always forget, I always forget that part. Always, <laughs> it's because today I was uh, listening, well, it's in French, but uh, to interview Cartier-Bresson did in the, the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just an interview about his work and how he sees uh, shooting people in the street. And it was really like, it really made me want to shoot. Uh, it's on... France Culture. Okay. And uh, let me try to find it. Let me see. Where is it? Yeah, France Culture. Henri Cartier-Bresson, ou l'art de passer inaperçu avec son appareil en faisant l'idiot. So basically... Wow! He said the art of taking pictures in the street is just to shoot first. <laughs> it's just like... Wow. You, it's like you're gonna... People don't like to be taking photography, and yeah, they want to be taking shots off in the street. And so she was like, "So what's the secret? Well, you just have to be faster than them, and then when you're done, look idiot enough. Wow, to just be able to walk away and <laughs> pretend people <laughs> you haven't noticed. But that yeah, the whole a bit of yeah, like going back to the masters and see like. Well, if you like street photography, like mm-hmm. Cartier-Bresson is someone that has a lot of thoughts on actually job of taking of a picture in the, on the street and how to view a scene. So, yeah, going back to... if There's a lot of interviews of Cartier-Bresson on YouTube or mm-hmm. if you can read his books. I don't know. It, I had it today. I saw the, the, the interview today and it really made me want to feel it made me feel like going back in the street and shooting again. So there you go. There you go. So maybe it would work for some people just to find some more motivation. Definitely. Definitely falls in line. You know, I'm basically going to piggyback on that one because for me, it's all about, you know, um, 
I can only talk from a personal experience because this is what I'm going through right now, you know. Go back to your core and think about the days where you used to shoot just for the heck of shooting. Just, again, I'm sorry for cursing, just because, you know, you did not give a shit. You know, just go out. I remember days where, you know, I was working nights. You remember those days, like, you know, working nights and going to school during the day. And, you know, on my day off, I had a day, grab my little, like, you know, you know my little digital camera and just go out into the streets of Montreal just shooting graffitis, just shooting park signs, just shooting just for the heck of shooting. And I loved it. I would not trade that for the world. And, you know, just for the sake of the love of photography. At some point, you make it into a business and a career and, you know, and all that jazz and life takes over. But never forget to your core, the core and the passion and just the entire innocence of just shooting for the sake of shooting. Don't let go of that. But if you have, don't worry. It's still there. Reach out and grab it. And trust me, it's definitely worth it not to lose it again. Grab it and enjoy it. Ride the wave. Just be totally naive and just run with the wind and just totally just make it happen. It's not about the likes. It is not about what other people think. It's nice to get the opinion of people that you respect and to whose opinion matters to you and who have a proven track record of proficiency and efficiency in what they do. But at the same time, do you? No, that's how I see it. Totally. Do you still have those pictures of the street signs, by the way? I do. I do. Would you believe it? They're, my, they're in my archives. And I do not believe how many street signs in Montreal I used to do. That was actually an actual project of mine, Montreal street signs. And my idea, entire idea behind it was to shoot street corners and to suggest to the person who was looking at the phone, like, okay, where is that in Montreal? And use the power of Google Maps to say, okay, that's where it is. And you actually end up into a nice part of the Montreal neighborhood that I explored. That, that was the overall thought process behind it. But... Man, I actually do. I actually do. It's really old. Man, you sent me back, man. Wow. Stop doing that. Stop it. <laughs> you should be, it would be time to put them on Instagram or something. <laughs> Definitely should. Definitely. It was a nice project. It was a nice project. See, when you have time to think about the dumb ideas and you just run with it, you yeah, just run yeah, with you it. You do them. You just do it. Seriously, not taking a ride on Nike, but seriously, you just do it. Viv, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time, man. Seriously, seriously. As, a, as always, I'll definitely link all the websites and the links and all the tidbits uh, in the posting. I'll definitely try to have this episode uh, online uh, within the next couple of days, so look out for that. And as always, you know, as always, my friend, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll definitely uh, to set up a date for that uh, that uh, headshot. <laughs> we will do that. Before the snow happens, let's try. <laughs> we will. As always, man, thanks again. Have a great night. Thanks. Have a good night.